moments like that where it's like, I just feel like I don't, I wish I didn't know that. Like, I want to look at work and I would hope that it would stand on its own two feet. And, you know, I, I don't always want to read a whole, you know, big blurb about this. I want it to inform the work, you know, but I really want to come to a piece of artwork on my own. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of Lo-Fi Podcast. I'm John Wentz, recording conversations with artists, musicians, and filmmakers back in my studio in Paris, France. I was unsure even how to begin this episode. I was unsure to even do an episode. I've recorded this intro right now I don't know how many times because I really don't know how to begin this and I don't know what to say I think like everybody else it's hard to put what's going on into words how to express that and of course I'm referring to the tragic murder of George Floyd by the police and it's been I can't even imagine what it's like for those of you there because I know from where I'm at, it's just been uh, an insane thing to see. But it's been reassuring to see the solidarity coming in, um, both in the United States and across the globe. So I just want to send out my wishes to everybody out there. I hope everybody's safe. I hope everybody's doing okay. And I hope, like everyone else, that this sees the justice it deserves. Um, here in, in France, just a quick update, too, is we're heading into phase two of unlockdown. started two days ago. May 11th was our first phase one. Now we're in phase two. So we have a little bit of um, leeway. Well, a lot of leeway. We just can't go into stores. But some things are returning to normal. Uh, so, again, I just hope everybody's well. That being said, in this episode, I had a really great episode talking with San Francisco bass artist Nicole Hayden. Nicole Hayden, I've known for many years. I first met her. We worked together at Willem Rake Studio in San Francisco, which is an interior design decorative studio specializing in faux finishing and interior murals. Um, at the time, she was postgraduate from CCAC and working as a gallery artist as well as working in the studio with myself. From her website, Nicole Hayden was born in Skokie, Illinois in 1979 and brought up in Chicago. She attended several art schools, including the Art Institute of Chicago, and has exhibited in the Chicago Cultural Center. While still a resident in Chicago, Nicole took part in several young artist programs such as the Marwin Foundation and Gallery 37. These activities influenced the continuing of her education at the University of Kansas in Lawrence, Kansas. While at KU, she received scholarships for her figurative painting. After attaining a BFA from KU, she extended her fine art education at the California College of Arts and Crafts in San Francisco, California. In the two-year graduate program at CCAC, 
Hayden experimented and explored figurative painting and has shown work in various art venues in the Bay Area, including Southern Exposure, Sanchez Art Center, Ginsler, Nexus Gallery, The Lab, Hang Art, and Adler and Company. After receiving an MFA from CCAC in 2003, she continues to live and work in San Francisco. I really had an amazing time talking with Nicole and catching up, and I hope you too enjoy this conversation with Nicole Hayden. Not a whole lot has changed for me or my husband. You know, my husband's living his best life right now because he doesn't really love people as it is. So he's like, now you have to stay away from me. And I don't have the obligations to meet you outside. (laughs) Like, So he's like, like living his best life. I definitely am a social creature and really miss like just hanging out with people, going on hikes and walks and just, you know, going to bars and cafes, just chatting it up. So Mm -hmm. um, I still try and I don't know, there was something about um, just like playing outside recently. That's been great, you know, just like Mm -hmm. taking my whole life outside, which is nice. Yeah. Painting murals and all that jazz. Yeah, um, I was really interested in that. I, uh, and, you know, it's funny how that came up is I was talking with a friend here and we kind of realized that it's been kind of strange because there's, I won't say zero because I don't go through all of Paris, but there's very little um, street art that's gone up. Really? Yeah, yeah. And you would think it would be the opposite. And we were talking about, holy shit, I, we haven't seen any new pieces going up. And then I'm seeing this circulate in San Francisco and it seems, um, I don't, not not backwards, but I would think I would see something similar here. So I was just yeah. digging into that project more and I found it like really fascinating how that came about and how you became a part of that. <laughs> uh, well, I... Funny. Why are you laughing? Why? Um, I just, I don't, I was... Honestly, I started avoiding projects in my own home. Like I have commissions and I, I'm very, very lucky oh, okay. in this time to have some commission work that, you know, keeps keeps the monetary wheels rolling. But sure. Uh I found myself wanting to get out of the house and procrastinate that. <laughs> and yeah. uh I this is like kind of early on, right when shelter in place was happening. And I saw I'm friends with some of the bars in the neighborhood in Hayes Valley here. And I saw them priming the the plywood. And I just like, I was like, oh, my God, I need to hit that up with something. I don't even know what I just had. to. Yeah. I just had this like need to want to paint outside. I didn't even think about it in terms of, oh, this is a great opportunity to kind of have other people see my work and any of that. Uh, so I like texted the bar guys and they're like, Oh my God, do whatever you want. So that's how that started. And then I, Oh, so you started outside of the project. Oh yeah. I was never in, in, I only did, if you're talking about oh, the amazing, cool. the okay. amazing people at like paint the void and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was funny. So I was on maybe my fourth mural in, in the neighborhood causing trouble. And all these people kept on walking up to me and be like, oh, are you with Paint the Void? And I don't know who they are. <laughs> uh, so, um, and this this one particular artist I've actually become friends with now, Max Ehrman. He does a lot of graffiti street yeah, stuff, I know Oliver. 
um, amazingly nice guy who just kind of he he basically got me in with Paint the Void and hooked it up and and so I did one project with them and I think the the women who run that project are amazing and are really really excited to help you know to work with artists and businesses and help the community any way they can yeah um but yeah so my my craziness started on my own accord just wanting wanting to get out of my house and you know having ideas and inspiration from stuff that I just don't even I don't know I just don't even do in my own personal work like I love animals I don't put animals in nearly in any of my own work and so it was just like this opportunity to work big and a little bit more bold and hopefully I'm beautifying the streets of San Francisco and people are appreciating it um yeah but the, well, it looks really amazing Thanks. The 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 com- I've lived in San Francisco now since 2000 2001 and I feel like in in this particular neighborhood I've lived here for like 13 or 14 years and in just the last month and a half I have met so many neighbors <laughs> and just I feel a a sense of community I haven't felt for before. the first time you mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's just funny. It's like, that's oh, so you funny. live right there. And oh, that's your crazy ass dog. And, you know, like, I don't know. It's yeah, just yeah. nice to actually meet the community, talk to people. And I've had amazing stories with just randoms on the street. It's been, it's kind of addictive, actually. Painting on the street is addictive. Yeah, it really just, is. Yeah. There's just something where it's like, no one knows who I am in San Francisco or, you know, really knows my work. And then suddenly you just have people who begin to talk to you and, you know, then they look into your older work and it's just really, it's, it's pretty fun. The whole experience amidst the craziness and, you know, despair and every, all the negatives that are happening right now. Yeah. How is that? The, like, I would imagine, cause I, I remember what was it the 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 World Trade Center when oh that whole thing happened, and I was living in Oakland at the time. And I remember for about a week uh, there was a sense of of community that I'd never experienced before. I mean, people were so nice, especially in Oakland, opening yeah. doors for you and you know asking if you're okay. And so I imagine San Francisco kind of has to be that similar mix right now. Is it? It's like. You just this air of despair, but people trying to make the best of it. Definitely. A hundred percent. Yeah. People are much, it seems like when you're walking around, people are smiling at you and like more or less talking to you. Um, Except, you know, I feel like at the same time, people are like scared to get too close. close. (laughs) Everyone's wearing masks. Rightly so. You know, it's, it's just a strange time, but I definitely feel like the community is coming together and, I don't know, feeling this like mass, like working on this mass grief that we're all feeling or, or whatever that feeling is, you know? Yeah. Um, so that, what I find interesting is, so you, you took it upon yourself to do that first one and that was it, where was it? What bar was it? So that? the, the first one was at Brass Tacks and oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. it was, I definitely, ha- I'm a, a, an insane sucker for old like Japanese woodcut prints and, old you know gorgeous paintings on silk and so uh 
a few years ago, I was visiting a girlfriend in Kansas City and we went to the Nelson Atkins Museum, which is one of like the best museums in the country. I love that museum. And they have an amazing kind of just Japanese exhibition there. And so that particular work was really inspired in, in that where I was just kind of going to town with a, a little bit of this soft flair. I don't, I don't know. how to. Do that. Okay. I know which one that is. That looked very different um, from a normal <laughs> work. Yeah. It, 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 what were you painting with? Was, was that brushwork or was it spray? Oh, I don't spray. It's all brush. Okay. Work. So it was brushwork. Okay. <laughs> I would like well, to I learn mean, how to spray paint, but well, I... your brushwork is, is some of the best. <laughs> I mean, work like the stuff. Um, and I'm talking stuff that people aren't even going to realize. So we'll go back in depth, but, um, that you were doing at Willem's studio. I mean, yeah. you're the best brush worker there was, there is. <laughs> so I'm not surprised. But yeah, those are very soft um, compared to like your normal work, which feels very, it's very hard edge, very collage feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's where that came from. And then, so like the, the next one, the progression was uh, next door at the other bar and Nina. And uh, in my, so, you know, Working with Willem, I have a lot of the, I have this like the whole repertoire of, you know, ideas, imagery, and stuff I've used. And so I, there was a jaguar that I had used in a previous mural years and years ago, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my god, that cat would look gorgeous on this wall. And Anina, the bar itself, is a bar that it has a jungle feeling to it. It's uh, they wanted like a a South American feel inside the bar. And I was thinking, Oh God, I want to do something. It's the first time I kind of thought about the bar itself and Mm -hmm. wanting to kind of what sort of integration with imagery, what, how I could make that work uh, to make it make sense. So that, and like the colors I did, that one was just, it was on the opposite of the one I did next door at Brass Tacks. It was just bright, mm-hmm. bold. You know, you could see it from way far away. And and it's definitely like yeah. when you're working on the street, I also feel like I'm learning what catches someone's eye. You know, it's definitely a different a different vibe than working in my house on like little canvases. <laughs> totally different, yeah. And I was going to ask you too, so... I'll also try to interject a little bit of background here for anyone who doesn't know your work. So when we're bringing up Willem, so you and I met working at Willem Rake Studio, which is a, what would you call it? It's a faux finishing. Yeah, decorative faux finishing painting studio here in SF. Right. And are you still there? I still work with Willem. I have been, since last September, I've been going off on my own more. So I'm more of like a freelance. I don't, you know, I have this loyalty thing and I didn't want to really yeah. leave anyone high and dry. Um, you know, and also with everything, how everything is right now, it's nice to have a, a place that I know I would be able to get work and have some kind of, I don't know, a good like backup plan if 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 needed kind of, I don't know. I'm probably not doing that justice, but... No, no, no. Um, I understand. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I've been working with Willem for, I think this might be my 17th or 18th year. Wow. Amazing. Isn't that crazy? That is super crazy. Um, that was so long ago we were working together. I was like, I was trying to think of what years that, that was. I don't even like, know. 2013. Maybe. That was, you and I worked, I, I think on the Indian palace, right? Or I forgot what you worked on. Man, I can't even remember. 
It but. was such a blur because I was doing so many things at the same time. So I was always tired. So I don't really remember <laughs> a lot of it. I, yeah. I remember Donald Head's place. Oh my God. Oh, which yeah. was amazing. He yeah, had, he had were, his own mountaintop in like, like yeah. Los Altos Hills or somewhere, or I don't even know. That place was just Yeah. Crazy. And you remember he had that in that one house was entirely his painting collection. He had a museum and he had yeah, like a a, like a saber-toothed tiger. Yeah, the, a full skeleton. skeleton. It was like one of five or something <laughs> in the U.S. And do you remember, I don't know if you were there one day, um, he was, you remember how he, he used to like to hang out, you know, in the mornings when oh, we were yeah. setting up. He was very social. And then he was telling us, he's like, oh, at lunch, I'm doing a phone auction and I'm going to be bidding on some paintings. And we're like, oh, cool. Let us know how it goes. And then I don't know if you're there. Do you, and then at the end of the day, he comes in and he was kind of dramatic. But he's like, oh, I just spent so much money. I bought a Rothko, a Kandinsky, <laughs> like all these big names. And we're like, uh, yeah, <laughs> kind of like blowing our mind right now. Yeah. And he took, um, I don't know if it's Scotty, but he took a couple of us into one of the main houses and he's like, oh, sorry, all the paintings are on the ground because we're cleaning. And so I'm walking by and these paintings are on the ground, leaning up against the hallway. And there was like a singer sergeant. Um, <laughs> I mean, just, they were, yeah, just there on the ground, you know, because you're yeah. dusting. Yeah. But yeah. so but the question I was gonna ask is you brought that up about um the what catches people's eyes outside and you did the interiors for so long. Is there a difference for you between those? Like between the three, like taking a studio because I know for me, my experience is mainly like outdoor studio painting, and those you know, those are vastly different. But how does that compare to like large interior murals? Um it's it's fun. well. I have to say, a lot of the large interior interior mural. I mean, I've done a little bit of everything, uh, working for Willem for sure. Uh, some murals have been super crazy, like ultra dramatic castle scenes with insane <laughs> yeah. clouds. And it was yeah. you know. And then we've worked in homes like in Carmel, where it's like my favorite story ever. This. The husband has his own house in Carmel, and he's obsessed with Lord of the Rings. And so the entire I saw house that. was Lord of the Rings. Like uh, you had Lothlorien Forest, you had Fanghorn Forest in one room, and then like you know, it was just that was so fun to work on, and that was crazy and bold, and every room was different. Yeah. And then, but then you know, a lot of times we have this beautiful subtle kind of grayscale landscape that's like soft so I think you know just years of working in this line of work I've had to become I don't know a little bit of everything like I've had yeah. to I don't really have a style where it's like I kind of can go into realism and float into abstraction and um which is kind of me too in general. I feel like I don't have in my own personal paintings, I've never really quite found my own voice because I'm all over the place. Really? Well, kind of. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I wonder, you know, it's, it's funny been my because. struggle my whole life. Okay. Finding yeah. like. And the struggle is real. Like a conceptual element. Like, I can draw and paint anything, but it's really finding what story I want to tell or how I want to tell it. I don't know. I've I've struggled with this since I was little. Yeah. You know? yeah. How other, little? How long has this been going on? Oh my God. Uh since I was like six years old, I've been drawing and painting. Wow. Okay. 
But do you, so you mean though heavier on the conceptual storytelling and not on just yeah. the purely visual? Because yeah. I mean, I, I can, I know your work anywhere that I can see it. it's very distinct how you work your, your page, at least your fine art. I know how that is with like doing the decorative stuff. It's hard to tell whose hand it is sometimes. Right. Which is often per like purposeful. The, yeah. That's it. the intent. Yeah. <laughs> do you think um, then that's an interesting thing? Do you think toggling between those worlds has that, because I'm sure there's a lot of benefit because I remember talking to you at times where you were mentioning how what you were doing in the studio would inform your other studio work. But do you think there's anything that hindered it? Um, I don't know. Well, the one being in the line of work for years in decorative arts, um, attention to detail I don't, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> I think there's, there's so much things that hinder, hinder my, I feel like hinder my work. Um, but we got, we got all night, I, <laughs> but it's like, uh, I find myself, I, I think of an idea that I want to portray. And I often feel like that there is even my problem in my beginning process. I don't allow myself to just organically flow often i will take an image either manipulate it or keep it as is and replicate that image like i already know what i want the final product to look like which mm -hmm. i think can a lot of my work often can feel very static or you know and how i paint is very tight often um and i've been thinking for years on how i want to kind of change that up where i want to create a process for myself that feels a bit more, for lack of a better term, organic, that I could kind of keep an open mind, an open-ended situation to within everything. The, the decorative painting really has influenced my work over the years with everything I've learned, all the techniques. I'm definitely a you know material technique nerd and mm -hmm. love figuring out gold leafing, um, you know, Vera Iglome, um, however you say it, like the reverse glass painting and gilding. Um, uh, stencil Stenciling is huge in my work. Patterns and all of that, I feel like definitely I get excited when there's a process we might be doing on a project at, at work. And then I bring that into my, my own work often, especially mm -hmm. in the older stuff when I was young and very... <laughs> <laughs> malleable you know um i remember seeing that actually i always thought that was really cool because i remember working on certain projects and then seeing how maybe certain stencils you started bringing into your paintings which i want to talk about later but yeah i would see like direct translations like the stuff that we would do stencil work oh yeah willem probably is mad at me for definitely snagging a lot of the stencils <laughs> that were thrown out and I would try and definitely repurpose in my own All work. those hours <laughs> of hand cutting stencils. Oh my God, hours of hand cutting stencils. And now there's things I could do it for you, like the cricket machines they have and they oh, are they using machines now? No, no, no. We <laughs> no, but like think like what they have now in the world could have oh, okay. been so amazing for the last, you know, 18 years of oh god, yeah. sitting there with like, you know, our masks on and like, oh God, cutting yeah. pencils for like days. Yeah, yeah. With the little razor blades, hand cramping. <laughs> oh my God. Good Lord. 
Um, so what was the, the progression then of the murals then? So you did that first, what was the first, the second? So how many did you do outside of um, the project? How many did you do uh, total? I was looking earlier. They looked like a lot, more than I, I remembered. I think I finished number eight. I have to double check. I, I did eight wow. in like in okay. maybe like a month and a half. Yeah. I couldn't Man, stop. You, it was seriously a problem. Like I didn't want to be home. <laughs> I was kind yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's like there's something about when reality sets in, you're you know, listening to the news and it's just all doom and gloom. And I was just like, I would rather be painting outside. <laughs> And yeah, so engaging a, with the public, and uh, yeah, and there's an element of escapism to it. Definitely. Uh, so after those first two, then I, I had my eyeballs on this corner, uh, a clothing store, <laughs> a cote, and yeah. it was just really, really bad, very negative political, you know, spray paint that was up. And I know that the neighbors, everyone, it was just, it was just like not beautiful and i think right now we didn't really need the negative propaganda we really just need something uplifting you know we need yeah. something beautiful so i there took it upon myself without asking permission which is hey kids at home you should probably ask permission if you can i like um, that <laughs> where i, I just, like that you didn't ask permission that's cool I wanted to. <laughs> what was funny, I couldn't find their email online very easily. And then as I'm priming the can, the I keep on saying canvas, plywood canvas, I saw yeah. on their front door, they have an email and I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, it's too late now. I'm going for yeah. it. Uh, and so that's when I was just looking for kind of just quick quick imagery that I wanted to throw together. Uh, I feel like there's something too about when you're working on the streets, you want to be quick. You just want to like get something up before maybe the next person does or mm -hmm. before you get, you know, in trouble with somebody or I don't know. Yeah, there's, primarily. There's something about that. And so I was like, okay, you know, I definitely wanted, I, I thought about what was going on with the pandemic and, I was like, okay, California bears, you know, that's our state right there in an animal. Like let's, so I, I kind of just created this, these three bears. I, it was because of where the corner is. It's so awesome that I could try and create a story and narrative on these walls on the corner of the street there. So I had, a. Uh, a large bear and then like a baby bear and the mama bear has a mask on and she's trying to run after her baby bear to give the baby bear mask. And then I sort of forgot about this other panel on the other side of the door and kind of last minute I was like, well, why don't I just have a bear actually sewing the masks? I thought that would be very cute. <laughs> and so that kind of, that just happened and I threw that mural up fast and the, that one, it was definitely inspired by a mural I had done for Willem years ago with um, just illustrated trees. And so as I'm going through things, it's just I'm, I'm looking at, you know, whether it's ideas or, or inspiration I've had through older murals I've done. Uh, and so, yeah, that's how that one went. And yeah, it, it came out beautiful. I think people had, I don't know, people really seem to, to like that mural. 
particular. And what did the store say when they, did you email them afterwards or did they no. just show up and be like, somebody painted on our? Uh, well, as I was painting one side, a, a gentleman came up to me and he's just like, so I own this building. <laughs> and I was like, oh, hello. How are you today? No way. And he's like, thank yeah. you. Thank you so much for beautifying this. Like he was, he was actually really sweet. And I was, you know, using a pretty, I am definitely, you know, how other uh, public art and muralists, they like have techniques of getting their stuff up. I'm old school. I draw everything out and I take these ginormous yeah. pieces of paper to the wall, tape them up trying to you know stay still in the wind and then i use like you know that are you pouncing are you no pouncing the, but i'm oh, using gra okay, cool. graphite paper the sorel and i put that under and literally that's how i've been doing everything and wow. the owner's like oh i draw too how are you doing that and i'm like oh you should buy this stuff sorel it's awesome you know like, <laughs> <laughs> impromptu so, lessons yeah it's pretty funny so and then i think at one point i on Instagram, a woman hit me up being like, Oh, I totally managed that store. Thank you so much. So it's like I I never heard from the store per se, but I think I've heard yeah. from the manager of the store. I don't know. And but, the owner of the building. And the owner of the building. As long as he was cool with it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so great. And then yeah. what one progressed after that? So I wanted to do the lineage oh, of no. all these because they're so no, cool. No, no, it's 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 pretty funny. So Around the same time, I tried to get a mural with another business down the street, and they they weren't having it for whatever reason. They had their really? own, idea. and they were boarded up. They, they were boarded they were... up, and they wanted no. they. It didn't go well with their branding. Apparently, no. Way. I know. I was no. like, really? I was like, I'm base. I'm doing these for free, basically. Like, and, and there's a pandemic, and I'm like, you're worried about your branding all right so i was like kind of like ah, fuck them and then, and then i took the image i wanted to use uh i found this gorgeous image it's like a 1940s image of a woman on a swing mm -hmm. an old pinup and it's i think it's from like it's from london i don't know exactly who the artist was but she's naked. And so I'm like, oh my God, this is so hot. And I and there's this perfect place uh, down the street on Hay Street, Yoga Tree. They have okay, this yeah. huge tree in front of Yoga Tree. And I'm like, it's like she's swinging from the tree. It'll be so great. Uh, my husband was definitely, you know, voting to keep her naked. But I was yeah, yeah. like, it's a family-friendly neighborhood. I'm like, eh, I'll put some cute jean shorts on her and a little like crop top, you know, feeling very summer. So that was my next one. And I have like a weird graffiti beef there, though. This this guy, this tagger keeps on tagging that one. So I have to go fix it later today. <laughs> really? Is he going over the image? Or just oh, yeah. Yeah. He first, oh, yeah. I think it's the same person, but he like wrote like there's rules. And then he went over my image later after I fixed it. So it's been two times. But I'm kind of like buddy like i didn't i didn't the spot was already like jacked up i didn't go over your stuff you know and it's, it's on like, plywood right it's like ply it's like yeah i'm kind of like this is plywood and temporary and she's real cute like and i left space around her for people to go to town on and i'm kind of sad about it but i uh, might try and fix her today and hope she stays at least for a little while because people seem to really like her 
That's cool. Well, you got to obey the street rules. She man, had like even a little mask on and some gloves, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. And uh, then what, what, that's number five that you um, did? One, two. So then for the first time I got asked um, to work with Paint the Void and we worked with a, a retail company called Dish which is also on Hay Street. Oh, yeah. I did not yeah. I did not mean to, like, take over Hay Street. It just kind of magically happened. I don't even know. But there's a yeah, lot of... Nicole Hayes now. I know, seriously. Um, so Maybe that's why that guy's spray painting on there. He's like, man, this, I don't know who this girl is, but she's taking over. <laughs> I'm just like, sorry, sorry, guy. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, if you actually made a sick piece, I wouldn't have even thought of touching anywhere over there. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. maybe you need to do your due, due diligence with making a sick piece. I don't know. <laughs> but um, so, so with this company dish, the woman looked through my Instagram and she's like, Oh, I kind of love this. And there is a, an image of, it was a mural that I had worked with Donald and Willem in Mexico on. And so it's just this kind of very oh, okay. floral, floral fantasy mural. And Donald was the head designer at Willem studio. Yeah. Just for, for people who are listening. Yeah. For, yeah. for years. And he moved to Portland and I kind of got, got that position if you even call it that. But Donald oh, cool. comes back every now and then. And I love working with him. He's like my favorite. He's so great. He's like my Donald's favorite amazing. person in the whole world. We have the yeah, best And he's time. so good. He's so he is, good. He is amazing. Yeah. Donald Harvey. Check him out. Donald, I was just going to say, <laughs> got to throw his um, name in there. Uh, so, so that was kind of the inspiration. Uh, and she just let me go to town. And I started just doing an ombre, like a, a light blue to dark blue. And then just we're literally just free. This is the first time I freestyled <laughs> and I'm sitting there. On is one it really? Side free- well, it's like freestyling the plants. Normally I'm such a planner. Yeah. Like I'm so crazy that I have to have everything planned out. But so this one and I'm, I'm realizing, oh, shit, this is taking a really long time. Like I'm working details on these flowers on one side. And I was like, and I, it, th- there's another big side. And I was like, oh, this is going to take me a fucking week. Like I need to throw something in there that's different to keep my attention. And I was like, you know what? Let's do another big cat. And so I put in like a black panther on the other side, literally just to keep oh, my own to like keep my own attention and excitement because uh, I was getting over the floral element real fast. So I was like, yeah, I was yeah like, those ones yeah. are very stylized, right? They're very like yeah. um, symmetrical, stylized. They're beautiful. They're really yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I can see where that would drive you nuts. There's so, was, there's so much precision. I was like, what did I get myself into here? And not that it matters, but I was definitely trying to keep myself at like two or three days for each of these murals to, right. you know, because... I'm not making, not making anything off of them except, well, with Paint the Void, they do give artists a little stipend and a little okay. money for materials, which is awesome. So, but so you were purchasing all your your own materials for these? Oh, this is all. Yeah, I've been using all a my own materials that I've just I have lying around my house right now. So, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And what about the um? Was it the most recent one, the Moby Dick? So, <laughs> how did tell me about that? So, uh, so a woman 
uh, Masa, who I met on the street while I was painting one of the murals on Hay Street. I believe she's a lawyer that works with artists. And she's okay. like, we're trying to do kind of the same thing in Castro. Um, we're having a hard time finding artists and, and even storefronts to agree to this and blah, blah, blah. Would you be interested in doing a mural in the Castro? And I was like, hell yeah. People are probably yeah. sick of me in Hayes Valley. Like, yeah, get me, get me out of here. To expand. So I went to, uh, so when she, she ended up emailing me, be like, Hey, like the place, uh, that is really excited about your work is Moby Dick. And I was really, I was like, uh, okay. Over the moon. Let's figure this one out. And, uh, so yeah, I had to do what's first I was, I'm really into pinup stuff. So I was like, I had several versions of pinup girls riding, you know, a Moby Dick type whale, like a great white whale. And, and then my husband's like, dude, you're working in the Castro, like, you know, you play to your audience. And so, <laughs> so I, I'm like, literally, if you saw my photos on my phone right now, it's like a thousand naked men. I try to find like, you know, old, like 1940s, 50s kind of pinup style men. And right. I had to ask a girlfriend, Gina, to be like, yo, help me with where can I find super awesome phot photography of, of men back in the day? And she knows all of that, uh, okay. that jazz. So then I kind of recently got really into using my iPad and Procreate, by the way, uh, you got me very nice. inspired with Procreate. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's such a, it's such an amazing vehicle to just throw things together quickly for these murals, yeah. you know? Uh, so I've been like, I will take a, a dude's head, paste it to a different body, do this and that and see how, you know, then I have my composition ready to go. So that's how that guy came up. I love that one. <laughs> it came out really, really great. And 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 props to your husband because it was a good idea. <laughs> I know. I well, I was like struggling. I was like, well, do I? And he's like, yes. I'm like, know oh, your okay. audience. Rule number one. Yeah. <laughs> Learning. Yeah. Pro. That. Pro. That's how, actually how I found Procreate was um when I was in last year or last summer. It was almost last year at this point in uh, Martinique, and we were doing a mural festival there. And um, one of the artists she was having problems or she had a different idea for a mural and it was, we took a lunch break and she just snaps a picture with her iPad. And then at lunch, she's doodling on it, you know, working out ideas. I, and I'm so stupid. I had no idea because I had an iPad decades exaggeration, but <laughs> she just redesigned it like right on the photograph. It's so amazing. Like working on the spot if you need to change something. Yeah. Yeah. And for a $10 app, that's Oh insane. my God. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. And yeah, it's, but I don't want to sound like a Procreate commercial. Well, you know how but I to love use, it. You know how to use your Procreate. I'm still learning Thanks. for sure. <laughs> so is that um? So then the the paint the void project is done, right? It was just a four week thing, a one month. I think it's still ongoing. I'm not a hundred percent oh, sure. Okay. Last I checked, it's ongoing, and they still have more painters at, at spots happening. So I don't know if there is an end in sight for that or what's going on. It's kind of hard to tell. Yeah. And what about you? Well, I was a little, I was a little bummed because I, <laughs> last week I had a, uh, a, 
a gentleman reached out to me who manages a dojo. And I was so excited to put together images for this one. I had done like two pinup girls in who are actually like facing off one another uh, Uh in in, like an Aikido form. And literally, I drew it all out. It's ready to go. That particular morning, I was kind of lollygagging with my family, having a very slow morning. And then right as I was about to leave with all of my stuff to go work on this mural, I check Instagram randomly and the guy's like, oh, Nicole, it's such a bummer. But the owner actually doesn't want anything on the plywood anymore. What? And it was like, ah, so I still have these drawings and I'm kind of looking around town for an area that might need some sweet Aikido warriors. <laughs> Are you just going to do them yourself or ask for permission? Uh, you should just do them. I kind of just want to do them. I think Sometimes. you should. Yeah. I think that's so much cooler. Because you know something <laughs> that's funny here, I probably shouldn't be saying this, but um, I find there's a certain irony to how diplomatic or bureaucratic street art has become. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I see that out here and and I'm not knocking it in any way, but um, everything's permission based. Like here in France, everything, everything of any size or, you know, where you would get eyeballs, there's a bureaucracy to it. And so a little ironic. Yeah. Yeah. So I I, I vote just do it. (laughs) All right. But I can't bail you out. I know. That's true. Well, I'm like, how much trouble could, you know, right now? What's on plywood? Yeah, it's It's ridiculous. Not, you know, I'm a lady working outside. (laughs) Are they really going to, how much shit am I really going to get into? Maybe I shouldn't say that. Probably a lot, but I don't know. Like, I feel like I look legit if I have my, you know, my drop cloth down and my bucket and my ladder. It's not like I'm hiding. (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's kind of funny too, like San Francisco, I don't know, maybe there's an irony again to that, or it also says something about what San Francisco has become or becoming that people wouldn't want that. I mean, it was such the arts-based city for so long. And during a time like this, and when you have artists, like somebody like you willing to just do it for free and it's on a piece of plywood, how could you ever say no? I mean, it seems completely absurd to me. Yeah. No, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm mad at that owner of the Dojo. <laughs> you know what you do is you go you go send that guy who keeps tagging over your other piece, send him over there. You're like, yeah, hey, yeah, I, I know some plywood you can hit up, buddy. Yeah, seriously. So, what do you think? How is this going to affect your art in the future? Actually, let's take a step back because I want to talk about your paintings too. Like, I was trying to remember going into this. Now, I know you you did your masters at CCAC, yeah? Yes. Okay. And your bachelor's, you were from Chicago? So born and raised in Chicago, uh, I went to University okay. of Kansas for Kansas. my okay. undergrad. <laughs> you know, I was I wanted to like reach like branch out, but I wasn't ready for an East Coast or West Coast. But so not too far, like, yeah. Not a big branch. The Midwest. Um, <laughs> fell in love is as weird as it sounds. Lawrence, Kansas is one of the coolest towns. Yes, it is. Like in the universe. It's You're absolutely right. a weird liberal bubble of it felt punk rock, it felt like I don't know, it was just the the it had the best music scene yes. because everybody had to go through Lawrence, Kansas. You yeah. know, right off of I-70. 
you know, and so I was always huge in, into music. So that was amazing. And there's really amazing outsider art there. And everyone was so friendly. They won me over with friendliness, you know, coming from Chicago, the small town thing was yeah. very different, definitely different feel, you know. And what did you, were you studying painting when you went there or was it yes. multidisciplinary? Uh, painting and printmaking were my specialties. And then when did you, what, why did you decide to get over to the West Coast? Uh, well, attempting, well, probably avoiding life and continuing my education. <laughs> uh, I applied to East Coast schools and West Coast schools and I was very lucky. I got into Cornell and then I got into SFAI and uh, wow. CAC. So I was visiting. I literally had to visit Ithaca, New York in the dead of winter in a fucking blizzard. And I remember interviewing with, it was like five, five men and me, uh, yeah. in the, you know, in this interview and, I am not good at art speak and schmoozing. And literally the questions were like, so what are some of your favorite films? And I'm like, oh man, 16 Candles and Goonies. <laughs> and like, like John Hughes is amazing. And I just felt like- John I Hughes and Richard Donner. <laughs> like, I'm like, I, I can't, I just can't make up anything. You know, I just was like, they ended up loving me at Cornell, which is really funny that, that I was able to get in there. But then when visiting San Francisco, it was 75, sunny. Oh, yeah. I just was like immediately, which might have, might, may not have been the smartest move because Cornell is actually free. And now uh, I'm like paying back my whole life. But uh, so, yeah, I visited SFAI and visited CCAC. And I just found the artists that I met at CCAC were really welcoming and sweet and took me around and chatted chatted with me about the program so I kind of just felt like that was my place um mm -hmm. and at the time the program was pretty amazing it was only like 37 yeah. graduates instead of like however many they have now smaller program there I never felt a sense of competition because I was the only like old school annoying more traditional painter there <laughs> like everyone else was doing very conceptual stuff or or multidisciplinary stuff and I'm sitting there with my figurative elements and yeah know, yeah doing that kind of jam so yeah, yeah that I remember the first time hearing about that and I was I was the same because you knowing the three schools coming out of the Bay Area so SFAI AAU and CCAC and that I remember you tell me you went to CCAC and it's like what? It looks too <laughs> figurative I know. for a school like that. That's it, crazy. They needed, but what they do you, needed one of me in there. <laughs> yeah. What what did you get out of your MFA that differed from getting a bachelor's? Uh stress? Um no, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's I I'm not sure if other people, other artists feel this way, but there was definitely so much over analyzing and being so critical of every step you took that for years mm. I think I had this like this this blocked mind of like what's acceptable what's not over analyzing everything I was wanting to do so 
there's something about graduate school kind of years after graduate school starting to feel comfortable again in my own skin almost like as a painter yeah Um, but graduate school was great i mean basically i had full full studio time it was amazing i probably i think i would if i would were to do it over again i think i would have taken a few years off just for like life life lessons to maybe be able to engage more in some of those classes because I really didn't care about much. I wanted to just get in the studio and paint, Yeah, you know, and I think now I'm more interested in some of the subject matters that I probably took classes in. Um, I was, I was one of the youngest people in my program. I didn't make best friends with any of the teachers. It was, it was, it was a weird time at CCAC, you know, but I, I loved all the other artists. I loved having, I miss having dialogue with other artists. I don't get that a lot anymore. So that part, and you're immediately in the art. It feels like when you go to school in the city, you're immediately in the art scene there, whether you like it or not, you go to the openings everywhere you have, you meet people from other schools, you engage with the galleries and kind of after that's over, I feel like it's kind of like figuring out your way of trying to keep some of that networking going. I'm the worst networker in the fucking world, by the way. So <laughs> I doubt you are, but I no, understand. I, <laughs> I'm pretty I'm pretty shy, you know? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, that's I mean, that's a tough thing for all artists, especially studio artists. Right. I yeah. mean, you get you you take to that because of your nature. So it, it's kind of antithetical to to be networking and trying to be social all the time. Well, just the whole selling yourself thing. It just sounds like I'd rather meet people organically. And then if someone asked me about my work, then I could be like, okay, it's blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I just hate when I, I never approach galleries and that's probably why I don't show very often. (laughs) But do you think, I think maybe that has changed a little bit in that with social media platforms, you have a, like a persistent portfolio out there. So you don't have to do, cause I know what you mean. I remember getting right out of school and then having people like nudging me being like, Hey, you got to start networking and this and that. And I'm like, that's not in my nature, yeah. but that was the only way to do it. Go to shows. And then somebody be like, hopefully introduce you to the gallery right. owner. And then you hit and things like, later. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's so tedious and it's awkward, but now it's like, you're, I mean, it isn't, I don't know if this is your experience, but it's so funny to me the last few years when you meet somebody, even here in Paris, the, you know, I'll meet somebody at a vernissage or something and immediately they pull out their phone and ask for your Instagram page. So that's what I mean, like this por- persistent portfolios out there. You don't have to do a lot of that. Yeah, I guess that's true. But, but you do have to do it in the sense of like you got to continue to put your work on social media. And right. That sucks some to kind an extent. Of keep a presence of some kind for sure. Yeah. Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> but you were for a while. Um, you were showing quite a bit. I, well, oh, so- were you going to say something? Oh, I was just going to like write my master's, uh, my master's show at, at CCAC. Uh, I put together this crazy show at the time I was really into film noir mm-hmm. and the old school movies. I would watch all these old movies that I loved and I would take pictures with Polaroids of the screen of the movie. So it'd have that amazing, like acidic quality. 
Yeah. I would then for that show, I basically recreated four foot by four foot, something like 15 paintings that I did in like three weeks, uh, had them all gridded up for my, my, my show, just kind of playing off of narrative color light, this beautiful kind of Polaroid, uh, you know, concept. And so I didn't actually have to do much, but a gallery approached me and I showed with that gallery for like eight years after that. Was that Hang? That was Hang, yeah. Okay, cool. So I showed with them for like eight years and then uh, a a new woman had taken over and we had our differences. And I ended up up, uh, leaving, leaving that gallery, which is now run by an amazing guy. So um what's his name piero piero that's yeah. right yeah he's great yeah yeah and it's it's they're still going yeah they're still going yeah very cool yeah yeah so i haven't actually and since then i mean that was years and years ago but i've shown in a lot of group shows but i haven't kind of worked i always tell myself okay make a body of work and then try and approach galleries and I start work, I have like 10 pieces and I lose interest and I go to a whole different body of work. So (laughs) I haven't felt comfortable for whatever reason actually approaching galleries. Yeah. I'm supposed to have a show actually at 111 Minna next month or... Really? Nice. Yeah, but... I love Minna. I'm not sure what is actually happening with that. Uh, Because, yeah. What are you guys... Well, I had another thought I don't want to lose. But what phase are you guys in? Are you still in phase one? Of this, like, shelter Of the in place COVID, yeah, shelter in place, yeah. To be honest, I wouldn't know what phase we're in. I know that they're... <laughs> well, I, yeah. like I said, I, I kind of just don't pay attention. But uh, I know that at the moment, a lot of stores... Some stores have taken down their plywood. A lot of people are doing curbside pickup. Okay. Uh, stuff like cool. that. So things are slowly opening up. But yeah, that's about all I, all I notice and see. Right. So Mina probably, yeah, they, you're, you're not going to be able to have gatherings of more than like a hundred people have, for a while, probably. Huh? Yeah. I think, I think there are galleries that are doing, uh, by appointment only. So okay, there are, you, you can make an appointment and wear your mask inside and yeah, yeah. Slather yourself with, you know, sanitizer. <laughs> Yeah, your entire body, lube up, yeah, <laughs> at the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have somebody help you out. Oh, that's cool. The men is so great. I'm glad they're still, still there. You know, it's just as time goes on, just to see anything surviving. You know, I just you like Slim's closed, and then I saw over in Oakland Stork Club, and just these little. Oh no! Yeah, it's, it's terrible, man. It really is. It really is the history of these places. Yeah, it's too much change too fast. I mean, change is fine, but it doesn't have to be this quick. Yeah, I just wish that, you know, our our government would really help the small businesses, the music industry, everybody. I mean, restaurants and bars, all of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Let's not get too political. (laughs) No. But go on a large rant. But something I'm curious about is... um, I did have, actually, what was the thought that I had I didn't want to lose? Ah, when you're saying um, about when you're working on a body of work and maybe you'll get like 10 pieces in and then just be like, ah, I want to move on to something else. Do you think that's for you part of the attraction to working outside now? 
Because there's kind of don't don't you feel you get everything all in one, right? You work, yeah. you're forced to work rapidly, and then you get that uh, gratification might not be the best word, but you have your viewership, you you have that communication sense, immediately. Yeah, the sense of appreciation and yeah. people coming by and like with their family thanking you. There's it's really sweet. It's really sweet. Yeah. Yeah, because that's tough to to build a body of work and not know, especially now, when it's going to show, who's going to see it, is it going to, is there going to be a response? And I don't think people realize the months and even sometimes years oh, you God. put into fifteen paintings. Oh, a hundred percent. I I have definitely. I mean, I've always painted. I cannot. I'm happiest when I'm painting and drawing, and mm-hmm. so even though. I don't have shows and I don't know if it'll even show. It's just, it's things I have to do for myself, whether or not people see it, but it obviously it's amazing when people do. And it's, it's, you know, get a little pat on your back. It's always nice. even though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Accolades are good, but it's also (laughs) that idea of, I I remember a, a turning point for me in school when, um, one of my instructors, Kevin Moore, I, I was doing a directed study towards the end and I I don't know, it wasn't 15 paintings, maybe it was 10 or something that I finished. And I was kind of proud that I did that and finished them. And it was, and, and then I, I'd show them to him and it, I remember his first remark was like, okay, well, you're half done. And I was like, well, are you insane? These things are finished, man. You're like, I'm really tired, bro. Yeah, I'm, I want to go, man. Come on. But and he said, he's like, well, the other half is to get him seen. He's like, you're supposed to be communicating with an audience. And that always kind of stuck with me, you know. So I know you mean no matter what, you're compelled to do these things, but it's that need to also. I think we confuse by saying like "get it seen," which seems like you just want attention, but it's not. It's like you made these things to communicate with yeah. somebody, yeah. and if they don't do that, then there's a something missing, maybe. Yeah, for sure. You know, sure. or maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I feel like my my own personal work's all over the place. It's been. That, that film noir stuff I did in graduate school turned into, I was obsessed with like golda, golden era women, you know, Lauren yeah. Bacall and all these beauties. So I did a whole series of, that's when a lot of patterns, you know. I remember of, those, yeah. Came into the backgrounds. I think the pattern thing really came out of, I hate painting interior spaces. Like <laughs> there's just like, you know, when you just see bad, ar- <laughs> bad architectural paintings, and I fear that yeah. I would be in that category that I've always just taken, you know, the figurative element out of the photography. And then, yeah. you know, that the reference material and then kind of created my own bizarre pattern backgrounds. And, and then that that led into I was doing all these women. And before when I was just friends with my husband, he was in my art studio with me and we're hanging out and I'm looking through old sketchbooks and I found a Hulk Hogan painting I did when I was nine years old and I'm like cracking up, you know, I'm like, God, look at this. This is hilarious. And And he's like, I had talked a lot with him about feeling weird that the subject matter that I had been focusing on is not my own nostalgia you know like I was just gonna ask about that and and thinking about that and he and he was the one who was like he's like it'd be kind of pretty rad if you take your you know the 80s wrestlers from your own nostalgia 
and kind of created a whole, you know, body, uh, you know, body, uh, like a series of these where you're almost making them like your women, you know, these like, you're kind of taking this lowbrow subject matter and, you know, kind of raising them into these beautiful oil paintings. And I really got to thinking on that. And I was like, this is so fun and hilarious. So, and I'm also, I'm was such a tomboy growing up. I was like all in, you know, WWF. (laughs) So I ended up doing a whole series on wrestlers. And that's actually what's supposed to be shown at 111 Minna this summer. Um, I had a big show in Chicago a few years back. And so this is like the remainder of that, the whole crew I painted for that. Uh, but it's uh, suddenly, so I'm painting all these men and these like, I don't know, kind of not, how do you describe WDF wrestling? It's like erotic, but like, I don't know, you know, (laughs) masculine, but kind of effeminate. And then I was able to use colors I was never comfortable with neons you know, turquoise, neons, hot pinks, like, I just like went to town on those paintings, and they were really fun to do. Um, And then I kind of was like, I feel like I have to go the opposite way. And then I, I, I started on a whole body of work, which is still not done. Um, At the time, I was within the decorative world, I was really into Venetian plaster. Oh, yeah. So beautiful. It's just such a gorgeous medium. I started doing uh, Venetian plaster panels and then paint painting over those carefully. I did everything backwards. Like, I don't know if these are archival or what, but like I have <laughs> to, I would do the plaster, I'd wax it, and then I'd have to figure out the silhouette of a figure, sand it down, prime it, <laughs> and then paint over. So it's like this crazy, this crazy process. I'm sure there's a better way. I just don't know what it is yet. Um, and then the idea with that whole thing is I wanted to take, this is actually right when Trump got elected. This work, that time was, so, I don't know, I was so upset and in awe of what, this country allowed to happen mm-hmm. that I don't know. I, I felt this need to do something with my work that was at least a little bit more, I don't know, create some kind of concept that was more of like how I was feeling at the time. And so I, I took photographs of a bunch of women and friends of women in my life. And I wanted to kind of take all of these multi these diverse women and basically i wanted to paint them in a the style of like a titian or bronzino you know very like renaissance with the crazy beautiful garb making each of these women royalty and Mm -hmm. so that i started that whole series and i i felt like i finished four or five of i started like 10 but i finished like four or five of them and then sat with them. And I just feel like they're not finished and that I want to make them so crazy elaborate or add more that I haven't actually touched that body of work in like probably two years. Well, it, oh, okay. So you worked on it for a couple of years because you oh, said yeah, it was like the was beginning like, of been, the, okay. Yeah, that's been ongoing for 
probably like it's so labor intensive how long would one take i mean do just the venetian well the venetian plaster used to do fast. pretty quick the, yeah that goes the plaster fast. goes pretty fast um but it was the kind of figuring out the silhouette sanding that carefully priming and by the time i could i don't know i mean i can definitely i'm a fast painter in some regards but yeah that that person that technique definitely took a while to kind of at least start the painting the process on there yeah yeah it's funny that i'd never really put together like how process oriented you are not just process oriented but you seem to change up your processes so much yes and no you know what's what's the no well for for that yes that that was like that but I mean, you would add gold leafing, you're adding stenciling, oh, yeah. you're always yeah. putting something more into the process. Yeah, I definitely want to, with, with figure background relationship is so important to all of my work. Yeah. It's really figuring out what, what I want to, you know, emulate, you know, whether does gold work here for this figure, you know, I definitely think about how the two work together, the figurative element and hopefully the process I could come up with, you know, works, works with that for sure. Yeah. Is that part of what keeps it kind of interesting and exciting for you? Definitely. I love, I love process. Yeah. Yeah. But I definitely find myself getting bored though. Like I was saying, when I have the images kind of, well, with that, that particular body of work, in little weird ways, it allowed me a freedom to kind of, look, I could add some of this beautiful jewelry around this woman or add this, you know, gorgeous little bouquet of flowers here. Like I allowed myself to be a little more open with those paintings where I kind of want to add more and more. Um, uh-huh. So I didn't know what it was exactly going to look like at the end. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Which is a very different process for you. Yeah. Yeah. One day I'll get back to those when I figure out how to finish them up. <laughs> well, that sounds like the you were talking about in the beginning, uh, this organic process that you're kind of leaning towards. That seems kind of more in line. Yeah. Yeah, you for know. sure. And I but really a- enjoy the photography element, having people to my studio and having horrible lighting and trying to figure out how to get a decent shot with beautiful highlights and low lights, you know, for these like, for these images. So- yeah. How does it, how did that feel for you transitioning work? Cause prior to that, like you're saying, like with the noir paintings and then even up through the, the kind of the WWE stuff you're doing, it's all sourced materials. Yeah. What was, how did that, the process feel to you changing to doing the photography yourself and the relationship with the, the, the subject? I, I love that. I love that, you know, and I love that. I, I, one issue I have with an issue I have with myself is that (laughs) we have many. I always have have tons. I'm always using, you know, reference material from the internet, this, that, and the other. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't. Why is that an issue? What is an issue for you? Well, for, you know, first copyright law, I think WWE. Well, issues then, <laughs> not psychological <laughs> or emotional. Um, that aspect. But, um, <laughs> I know I'm going to probably hear from them be like. Yeah, you don't want Vince McMahon coming after you. Take these paintings down. Um, I I don't know. I There's definitely, 
using your own source material, I, how can you go wrong? I just feel like, you know, that you can control that. But I guess it really just depends on the stories you're trying to tell, right? I can't. Sure. Yeah. You know, there's things I can't, can't go take a picture of a grizzly bear if I want that buddy in my <laughs> painting, you know? Yeah. Know. Yeah. But I, I, I think it's interesting because I, for a long time, I was using sourced images and, and I have zero issues with that. But I found it weird when I started to use my own again, this kind of like uh, emotional attachment that I was developing towards the image and maybe in some ways became too um, precious with it. I found I would kind of stick because when it's a sourced image, it takes very little pe for people to recognize it. It's not mine. I don't have that attachment of labor or anything like that. So it doesn't have to be that great. But when taking my own, or especially, you know, like if it's people, you know, I don't know if you experience this, like for me, like primarily doing portraiture, man, that can be such a pain in the ass for when sure. it's people, you know, cause you're, you're, you're thinking right? about what are they going to think about your work? Yeah. You're and they always, them. <laughs> yeah, they always think something. I even like recently I was doing like you know, we're all trying to find things to do during the pandemic, so I was doing these commissions. Mm -hmm. But I put in a caveat to people. I'm like, these aren't portraits. This is what I do. They're abstracted, they're this and that. You know, people are like, Oh, this toy, of course. I don't want it to look like me, you know, anything like that. What's the feedback you get? Oh, is, my nose isn't really that big. So you can't yeah. separate that attachment for yourself or for other people. Yeah. But do you feel 100%. any type of preciousness or like your ode to make that these people, you know, a hundred percent. I definitely get worried about what the, the folks in my work might think of it, you know, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. makes me very nervous. And that's the, that's also the problem with some of my work. It's too precious. I'm too scared to fuck it up. I'm too scared to, that's one thing I want to get out of. And, you know, and that's also throwing stuff up on the street, right? That's this temporary thing. It's not yeah. really precious. It, it can't be like, yeah. Do you have any issues with that? Sorry to cut you off, but I think that's interesting that you're so precious with that other work, but do you, is there anything to you that kind of like, do you embrace that temporary part of it or does it kind of bum you out a little bit? It bums me out for sure that this knucklehead keeps on, you know, tagging my <laughs> lady. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, how, you know, we're artists. Of course we have a little, you know, you don't, you don't want anyone to ruin, ruin your stuff or, or take it down. Um, right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot about, in, in other podcasts of yours, something that keeps on coming back is unlearning, you know, all of that yeah. you've learned for years. I, I think a lot about that. that. <laughs> and I'm such a creature of habit with how I work, how I paint, how I draw that I need, I need to like go run away, you know, somewhere and just, I don't know, get loose and like figure out a way of rendering that's different or I don't know, something. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. Do you think, because um, on that topic of <laughs> things that come up in the podcast, there, ah, where's my train of thought with this? Uh, yeah, something I've talked about with people about that is, you know, kind of troubleshooting that idea where it could arise from is 
maybe knowing too much or being too taught too much. So I know that's kind of like my struggles going to an all technique school. Right. It's like so much to unlearn. And then when I've talked to um, self-taught artists, they seem to somehow work around that. They find their voice quicker. They find a quote unquote style quicker. Right. And not only you got, you know, you, you did your, six years of school, but then working at the studio, I mean, I, I think of everybody I know, you probably have the most painting faculties. Like you can paint pretty much anything like with faux, even you can paint marble, you can make (laughs) a flat wall look like wood and you can do paintings. You can do outdoor. Do you think any of that kind of hinders that too? Um, any of the problems you have or the things you're not happy with? I mean, I like to think that well I like to think all of that helps to inform my work you know that I can always have all of that be included in that work I just mm-hmm. haven't maybe figured out a a way to make everything always make sense or or you know, some paintings I do that include wood graining are amazing and work so well together while, you know, others don't. But I mean, maybe that's kind of the style. It's like my style is having no style. I don't know. There you go. Could be. Very <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I only say that I bring it up. I'm totally projecting and I realize that, you know, because I, I know that's my issue. So I'm so I'm not trying to like put you in. Yeah. You know, I hope that's not weird. A weird question. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah. No, it's like Part I've, of this is me just troubleshooting my own issues. I think that's the reason why I do this. <laughs> no, I definitely. I feel like from the get go, it's it's growing up. I've been this white middle class Chicago girl. I haven't had any crazy stories that I've wanted to tell. I that's why I feel like I've always had this sense of like, I really, I don't know. It's been hard to focus and hone in on a certain subject matter that becomes my own. The, 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 the conceptual nature of my work has always been like, it's not, you know, the, the faculties I have, you know, the material technique freak I am, all of that can really, I think, inform my work. I just need to figure out how. Yeah. I think that you're a hundred percent right. And I think that's probably my issue as well. I, te- I tend to be a little bit on the pessimistic side. So I'm like, I got to get rid of all this instead of working w- within the confines or, you know. You know, just trying to trying to find maybe what I'm good at, what I love to do. I, I'm still working on that. Are you? You know, like, well, so, at, well, so after pausing with that, that, the taking the like kind of royalty woman's work, uh-huh. I, I wanted my way of letting go was like stopping all painting. And then I just started doing ginormous graphite drawings, just pen- really pencil on paper. And it's like my favorite thing to do in the whole world. I've been collecting vintage playboys for years. Uh-huh. <laughs> Talk about all over the place. I go for WWF to like yeah, yeah. that. I, um, I collect these vintage play playboys. The photography of the 60s and 70s is so gorgeous in these magazines. Mm. 
the yeah. women are it's just subtle it's beautiful it's seductive um and so i've been using these images just the figures doing huge graphite and paper and to me for some reason that has been very freeing after doing sure. very tight oil paintings on venetian plaster uh so that's the current body of work that i'm doing how big are yeah. these uh so I have just a huge roll of paper, so they kind of all vary. Um, mm -hmm. But mostly, let's say, they could be around like 60 by 40. In, oh, nice. That's a good size. You no, know, yeah. like roughly kind of different sizes depending on what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, are you using um, just straight pencil or are you using like the, the graphite powder? No graphite powder. Just uh, Wow, just the pencil. Just the pencil. It's a lot of, a lot of work. But a lot of moving in the arm. There's just, oh yeah, oh yeah. And it's funny when I'm, I'm just standing there, I, I feel like people don't know that it can be brutal for artists. Like I'm just standing there for like six to eight hours drawing yeah. and I'm like, oh, my body hurts, you know, my, <laughs> my shoulder, yeah, yeah. my knee. And it's just like, you know, there's really no comfortable way to stand at, you know, a wall and draw if you're doing it all day, every day. Yeah. Um, your eyes. My eyes. I have to wear glasses now. Yeah. My eyes are terrible. I have carpal tunnel. I have a bad back <sighs> and my knees are shot. And that's <laughs> mostly like from painting. Like, are you an athlete? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wish I could say that like a wrestler or something. Yeah. It's the same. No, it takes a toll on your body. Yeah, and it's, but it's yeah. nice though. The Don't you love that big size though? Because at least it's, oh, it's very it. gestural. You could, you're, yeah, you put, it's not like this, you know, the one thing like working smaller, like when I'm working the iPad is like you tighten up your entire body and it's nice to use your whole body in the yeah. artwork. No, I, I love working large scale. I've been taking on a few smaller commissions where it's like eight by 10, uh, yeah. you know, portrait renderings. And I'm like, <laughs> like it's so hard for me to work small. Yeah, it's so different. Yeah. You know? And and it's, it takes like, I can probably knock out a huge, huge drawing, you know, in like a few days. And these little ones take me forever because it's they can like, take longer. Isn't that it's, funny? It's so weird. It's just like, ugh. I want to hurry yeah. up, finish. Yeah, it can become too precious. You know, it's interesting too that you're saying um, how freeing it is doing the big ones. And I wonder if it's anything similar. I was talking to somebody recently about, um, uh, it was a Chuck Close quote that I read where, um, I can't remember the exact situation. I don't. I think it was something that maybe I was going through and I was trying to trim things down or change or something. But he was talking about when he first started doing the large portraits, the airbrush portraits in the 70s. And he kind of found himself in this situation of not knowing what to do. And he saw everyone around him coming up with these ideas. So his strategy was to go to limitations. And that's how he came up with that method. So he's like one cup of one color. So it was just black one tool, the airbrush, one size, very large, one subject, a portrait. Stripped everything down and then produced this amazing body of work. Do you think that's anything similar for you? Because that's what I thought of. As soon as you said like large graphite drawings, I'm like, wow, monochromatic on I paper, large size. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think nice. Like just there's something just magical about pencil and paper that there really it, is, it really, right? It's just, it's freeing. 
it's, I mean, it's, I'm still have that precious issue that I have with my paintings. Like I don't want, I don't want to like mess up these drawings and you know, I don't want any crinkles in them. I don't want to accidentally have yeah, yeah. smudge like, uh, and working on paper is actually dealing with huge paper. I have to like talk to other artists and, and figure this out, but I'm like, how do you store this shit? Like, I don't oh, want to, yeah. I don't want to curl it back up. You know, I've been trying to use certain spray fixatives and it's like stuff like that, that you're never really taught, like mm-hmm. how to keep that, you know, you know, your work. Yeah. Safe. <laughs> yeah. The, in the larger area, yeah, it's more difficult and fixatives can be tough because sometimes yeah. it can ruin the graphite. Yeah. I watched yeah. like many YouTube videos on fixative. You should look into it. It's hilarious. They're like, don't you this? This fucked up everything. And like, oh, yeah, God. yeah, yeah. YouTube is a gold mine <laughs> for certain things. Yeah, it is. For troubleshooting. Yeah, and the other thing with graphite that I love, I haven't done graph- large ones in a long time, but I love the, it feels to me like the most organic of the of mediums even though paint you know you say it's dirt and oil in a binder and this and that that thing with graphite of being able to smudge it like to be tactile with it with your hands you know or you get very linear is so different even for me in some ways charcoal it's so much different than charcoal god i haven't used charcoal in like decades really decades yeah 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 charcoal's fine i've been trying to get back into it but i don't know i like graphite better (laughs) There's just like, it's a soft, sensual quality of graphite that, uh, I love it. Love it. Yeah. And I always remember too, a quote when, um, from, uh, you know, um, and Antonio Lopez Garcia, the painter from Spain. And he, he said, um, for him, graphite is the most psychological of mediums, which I always found interesting. interesting. Yeah. He's saying just because that stripped down of, uh, color, the lack of color, and then for the most part, lack of texture. And I think that's what kind of differentiates it from charcoal, because charcoal, even, the way it breaks up, can have the illusion of a texture, like a like impasto right, right. paint, you know. Yeah. But graphite's just always this one level, it seems like, you know, with the illusion of form. Right. I mean, the trickiness is is that I think that's actually what I love about these huge drawings is creating that illusion of form. You know, yeah, like. Uh, just so you know the subtle like thigh you know there's yeah. an area to cover but you really want to make that have this light source and be a certain you know like in a lot of these these playmates they have these amazing <laughs> tan lines and it's like yeah, trying yeah. to create those tan lines <laughs> with graphite it's just like i don't know it's a little thing what keeps <laughs> what draws you back to and and i hope this doesn't sound negative because it isn't negative to me but pop culture because you you start that you had the film noir series and then i remember going through that in the pattern series the wwe and then you said you took a break with this venetian work but then now you're working with these old playboys again it seems like you're constantly drawn back to one nostalgia like you said before into pop culture yeah i i don't know what it is about maybe i was meant to be born in a different era i don't know i I, it's there's just i don't know i did a few actually i did a a, a really small series of at the time current pop culture portraits Mm -hmm. where i did like a Lindsay lohan piece a paris hilton piece scarlet angelina jolie Um, i kind of did them right after my golden 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 era women 
and they were really fun to do, but I don't know. There's, I don't know what it is about pop culture, you know, that at the, at the time I was actually, I was reading all those horrible, horrible magazines and they, and when I started having dreams of Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie, I was like, I'm done. Oh, I like, God. I like cut myself. This is like, you know, years ago when they were like, you know, yeah, yeah. On the covers of everything. I was like, I'm oh, done. They had that them. show. They had a oh, reality God. show okay. together. <laughs> oh, that was horrible. But I don't, I don't know exactly what it is with pop culture. You know, maybe it just seems like better times or something or like, yeah, not, not better times. Um, I don't know. I'm not exactly sure. I'm not that interested in really portraying like contemporary pop culture, like folks per se, but I do love, yeah. I do love vintage stuff. A lot of vintage. Yeah. Do you, this is tangential to that, but, and I hope this isn't a stupid question, but, um, because I'm thinking as I ask that, what's your opinion on an artist? How much should they know about their own work? Because you know, everybody would have a different answer to that. Like if I ask that to somebody, it's like, well, why should I know? You know, and then, but you're in, and I'm curious too, as somebody who's, who's gone through a graduate program, which I haven't, where that's generally the focus, can can you know too much about your work? Do you think like, what's your opinion on that? I've actually thought a lot about this. Uh, I think I'm probably in the party of, I would rather just create, 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 and kind of maybe look back at it later and sort of figure out what I might be talking about. Yeah. I I think that's great. I feel like, because during graduate school, I guess what I was saying, there was this like graduate stun of where I was analyzing so much that I couldn't even, I would have ideas and then talk myself out of them left and right. So I would rather now be in this position of like, I want to create, I don't, I don't want to have to think about, you know, the conceptual idea before I even throw something down, you know? Yeah. So. I I have been to a lot of artist talks where I was obsessed with someone's work and the minute they start talking about it they talked me out of liking them and really you know I don't I mean this is back in especially I'm, I can't even remember the artist's name but at you know while I was at CCAC I went to so many artist talks sure and moments like that where it's like I just feel like I don't, I wish I didn't know that. Like, I want to look at work and I would hope that it would stand on its own two feet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I don't always want to read a whole, you know, big blurb about this. I want it to inform the work, you know, but I really want to come to a piece of artwork on my own, really, before, I guess, knowing. And I think that's a great way to end it. We got an hour and 22. How was it? It was, thank you. <laughs> it was, was it har- okay. It was, it was, it was harmless. You know, you know how nervous I get with interviews, but you were awesome. Thank you so much. Well, I would say thanks again for doing this. It's great to catch up with it's you. So good to see you. <laughs> awesome. And um, what what do you have coming up? You said do a group show at Minna. 
theoretically there should be a group show. It's, well, it's, a, it's a dual show with this. Oh my God. It will, if it happens, it'll be fantastic. But it's with, I believe, a Canadian artist who does these photo realistic paintings of donuts. And then it's going to be my wrestlers and it's going to be called Guilty Pleasures. And I feel like it'll be the best show ever. But, um, Oh, wait, it's a two-person. It's a two-person show, yeah. Oh, okay, you said group, and I was thinking like oh, sorry. 13, 15. Oh, oh that's cool. Yeah. Okay, a two-person show. Congrats. Hey. That's amazing. We'll see if that, hopefully it's a reality at some point. It'll be a great but, show. So they are having, are they going to do like an online opening or something? Like there's a set date. Well, there has been a set date, but there was a mass email from uh, the gentleman at 111 Minna who's like, I don't know what's happening yet. So I kind of, I need to touch base with him to see. Because I have two paintings actually to finish up for that. Uh, okay. <laughs> and what's, what's again, what's the name of the show? Guilty Pleasures. Guilty Pleasures. Okay. And what's the body of work you're doing for this? Uh, my WWF wrestling. Oh, that's right. It's a W. Okay. Bad okay. Boys, bad Boys. The Bad Boys. How many pieces are you trying to get done for this? I think that there will be, well, so... I'm actually working on two new pieces, but there's already, I believe, 10, 10 or 11 pieces done. So it'll be uh-huh. maybe around 12, 13 pieces. I'm not exactly sure. I have to recount those guys. Yeah, yeah. But it's so fun working on the wrestling stuff just because I, this time I like put glitter in some paint, which I've never done before, working on like The Undertaker. And then I yeah. have. Okay, wait. We're we're not done yet. I want to hear more about these paintings. <laughs> we we can we can do ten fifteen minutes more. Um, so I, I for the for the the new paintings for this show, uh, the curator is like, hey, can you th- can you make these larger scale than your other ones? And I was like, oh, of course. That's like I love that. So yeah. I was choosing kind of a bad a bad and a, a good guy and my. Undertaker is like one of my all-time favorites. So he's one subject, and the other subject is, um, oh my god, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Jesse Ventura. And no way, isn't he like uh, like a mayor of Florida or something? I think Minnesota. For is it Min- or wait, uh, I hope not. Wait, no, no, no he no. became like a conspiracy theorist, and okay, sorry, it doesn't sorry, matter. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Okay. Jesse Ventura. (laughs) So, yeah. So I was just kind of playing with their personalities. And so it's like Jesse, the body Ventura, he apparently was supposed to be this like beach, like beach babe bodybuilder. And so I kind of went with some little bit of gold leafing palm trees in the background on that one. And, uh, and then for the, Undertaker, I wanted something obviously very dark, and my my husband is really into skateboarding. I probably know way too much about skateboarding, but so one of these old style decks, just the pattern from this one old style deck really was exciting to to me, and so I did this whole kind of almost Twilight Zone feel with like green huh. glitter on the background. Wait, what was the deck? Do you remember? Um, I know that pattern. You know that pattern. Uh, um, I should know this. I'm a whore. I'm like, I might get back to you on that. No, that's oh, fine. Gator. 
gator? Yes, there's the gator one. <laughs> and you know the story behind Gator, right? He's in jail for murder. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he murdered his girlfriend. So oh kinda, my god, how crazy! Well, with the Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really does. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So, so those are the two pieces I gotta finish up. If oh, okay, very soon, if there's an actual show that's gonna happen next month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what's again? What's the date they're shooting for? Um, I believe July 10th. I believe. Oh, okay. July. So next, next month. Yeah. Cause we're still yeah. at the end of Sorry, May. I don't okay. know what actual month we're in. So I know who knows anymore. Right. <laughs> I'm like April, May. I don't know what we're in. Yeah. Yeah. April, May, January, yeah. I think is what month it is. <laughs> yeah. I know we're at May 30th. I would only know because of my computer because I stare at it all the time. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, well, now you just sent me down this whole rabbit hole of like wrestling and just, I miss that era. I, I, and, and I was never much into wrestling, but yeah, bringing up the skateboarding and, and, and the wrestlers, um, it, it's almost, you know, when we were talking in the beginning, and I don't think I was recording it, when we were talking about a little bit about politics, that's kind of the tie for me. When I watch the politics in the US, I feel like I'm watching like a Vince McMahon production. Oh, God. You know? Yeah. And so that, sorry, just, you know, cause I was thinking about like the recent tweets and all that stuff. I'm like, everything seems so manufactured and so false that it feels like wrestling. It's maybe, I mean, we could be in the matrix right now. Like there's a glitch in the system. Okay. I actually, so I used to, I said this jokingly for a while. I'm starting to believe myself when, you know, they, what was the, um, the Large Hadron Collider, and I can't remember how many years ago that was, but they turned on to do that experiment to crash atoms into each other. And there was the, this conspiracy theory that it could create the, it was supposed to create many black holes, part of what it does. People were afraid because they thought it was going to create a big black hole and who knows what that'll do. I am now starting to believe that maybe there was a black hole created and it pulled us into a bizarro universe because since then, I couldn't make this shit up. That happens it's every like day. That's the future. It's fucked up. <laughs> yes, it is. And we need Doc and Marty to come back and set things straight. Because even here, like, you know, it's um, we we kind of ended lockdown at around May 11th. And then, you know, slowly you see people just not even, you know, caring anymore, not wearing masks. And then today, it, people, it's, or not today, but this weekend, people are really jubilant because did I just say jubilant? Because Tuesdays are official, official release. So people are really happy. And then they're protesting. The Gilets Jaunes is doing a huge protest, literally one block from me, which I didn't know. I was just reading the news before we came on. I'm like, oh shit. They said there's rioting, there's police out there. And I, because I've been holed up in the studio all day, I don't want to look out. So yeah, it's just bizarre. Every, every day, it's something crazy. Yeah. No shit. No, it's like when something is, you're like, it can't get worse. And then literally something happens. Hold my beer. <laughs> and you're like, oh. yeah, life says, hold my beer. <laughs> Seriously. I, I can one up it. Okay. Well, man, it was so good to see you. And it was so good to talk with you. And I've been wanting to talk to you for a while when I was doing this. You know, I was really stoked that you were messaging and stuff, but I, I knew we'd have a good conversation. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's 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 great. I I really enjoyed this because I missed dialogue oh. with artists. <laughs> Thanks again, Nicole. Thank you. Bye bye.
Lo-Fi Sight and Sound podcast is an American artist living in Paris, France, in conversation with artists, musicians, and filmmakers discussing context, the creative process, and studio practice. You can find us on all streaming platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Also at www.lofipodcast.com, no hyphens. Please rate and review. It helps more than you know. If you can't rate and review, then please share this with a friend. Lo-Fi Podcast is recorded, mixed, and edited by myself. Intro music is also by me. Thank you for listening.